Welcome to Sound DeFi, the podcast that delivers key insights from today's thought leaders on all things DeFi, blockchain, crypto, and private market asset data. I'm your host, Chris Berg. With us today, we've got Frank Volchek, the Global Head of Business Development for Invenium. Also, Daniel Coer, the co-founder and CCO of Tokeny Solutions. Sebastian Bonder, uh, CEO of Spherion. And also, we've got the moderator with us, Michael Burrell, CEO and founder of Juliet Media. Gentlemen, great conversation today about really sort of what's happened with the state of tokenization in Europe, uh, so we can translate in here domestically as well. But, Michael, I want to start with you. You were moderating this panel. Um, what jumped out to you? Or what was your sort of aha moment from the conversation? The thing that I think has pulled it all together is the fact that uh, Invenium has done an amazing job with this event overall, and they've pulled in um, and taken a leadership position with the creation of an ecosystem around what they do. So probably it's interesting to hear from Frank about what that ecosystem looks like in his view. Yeah, thanks, Michael, very much, and thanks for being here. And uh, Mike Burrell I've known for a little while. He throws unbelievable events out in, in Europe. That's where I first met him in London. I was at a, an event of theirs in 2019, and he was able to pull together a lot of institutions, bringing them into the space here, but on the European side. So just a little background of how I know him. But what we're doing here and the ecosystem that we're bringing here are all the asset owners, all of the valuation providers, all of the ATSs, and everything that happens in between that with the custody, with the KYC, the AML, and then distribution, right? So we feel that what we're trying to do is we're trying to create the pathway to liquidity for private infrequently traded, high data producing assets, right? Because right now they're very, very illiquid. And there's a lot of money slushing around looking for places for alpha, right? The, in the last 20 years, the amount of companies that have public companies on the, the public exchanges has decreased by 50%. And there's a lot of money flowing around that's looking for places to go. And the private assets is that next bastion of alpha for people. So what we're trying to do in Invenium is we're trying to create that transparency and that trust around all of the data that comes off of those assets so people can make intelligent investments when they're looking to invest their money into these private assets. So if you don't mind, I might both of you speak to this, but if you can speak to your relationship with Tokeny, because they've done some incredible things and how you both see yourselves benefiting from each other. Well, we've already benefited from each other's relationship already, all right, because Tokeny does a great job in the market and what they do in tokenization. Out of all the tokenization platforms, they have more assets on their platform than anyone. We feel that they have the best tech out there compared to all the other tokenization platforms. And also the relationships that they have in the market are beneficial to us. And so our partnership together, we can add value to them. We can add value to the tokens that they are producing for their customers, right? And then they can add value to us because the people that they're going after to make their token more robust, Invenium fills that need. Dan, you want to speak to the relationship, please? Sure. Well, actually, you know, I know Frank now for uh, more than two years. We met after an event that was organized by, by Michael in New York. The security token realized. Exactly. New York token condition. Realized. Yeah. Yeah. That was a couple of years ago already. Um, and uh, Pre-COVID. I, I saw a video on internet from Pat explaining what Invenium was, was doing and I was really impressed and I said I need to get in touch with those guys. So, um, so I reached out to, uh, to Frank and he was you know, in, uh, uh, the, in the, you know, the old World Trade Center, the new building there and, uh, and that would give me the chance by the way to visit the new building which I haven't met by then and, and so I went you know, you know, in, the, in the building, was amazed by, by the view and then Frank arrived and, and we had this very friendly conversation for about an hour. 
And at that time, we didn't really see, you know, the touch point. And that we, we knew what we were developing at a certain point of time, it would converge, but, but there was no touch point at that time. And uh, we kept contact for the last two years. We were, you know, getting on a call every, every four to six weeks, keeping uh, each other up to date to what we were doing. And then we were doing this fundraise, and I reached out to Frank, say, guys, you know, you've been based in the U.S., you have great connections, so maybe you can introduce us to some investors. And a week after, he came back to me and he said, Daniel, you know, we are going to invest, and we're going to bring you know, a partner around the table to subscribe to your fundraise, because you've, we think that is, what you do is amazing, and there are a lot of synergies that we already foreseen, you know, two years ago, and now this is really coming into action. So, so that's for the, the short history and the relationship with Frank. Uh, well, well, actually, Tokeny does the really non-sexy part. So we, we deal with compliance. You know, compliance is, is just a pain for everyone. Um, but compliance exists for a reason. It is to protect investors. You know, there are rules and regulation, and those rules and regulation need to be enforced. Otherwise, someone has to pay for the others, and usually, it's usually the investor, right? So what we have developed is a compliance framework to enable those um, financial instruments that will be dematerialized on blockchain to circulate in a compliant way. Because today, you know, there is nothing that is preventing me to sending you a token, and you will receive it, which in a sense is great. Uh, but if obviously uh, you happen to be, uh, you know, non-qualified and this, this uh, issuance is limited for qualified investors, you're not supposed to invest and you're not supposed to keep that token. So we have developed that compliance framework that applies to security token. And our vision is that we are going to create this global infrastructure that will allow secondary trading. Or we will enable it because we will work with ATS and other parties to do that. And obviously, if you deal with private instruments, it's great to have an infrastructure to do that. But uh, at what value? You know, if you have a, a piece of real estate and you want to sell it, I want to sell it to Frank, and I, I know he's going to probably negotiate with me, of course, by his nature, right? But 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 what is at what price, right? You need to have a starting point to start this discussion, and this is really where where we saw the synergy with Nvidia, is that they are bringing this valuation part. So now we have a secondary trading platform, we have the right compliance framework to engage a global investor base, and, and we have now this pricing information that will be fed into our platform that allow those secondary trading to take place. Everyone's got a different understanding of the space right now, and so I guess my basic question for you to keep it basic is, uh, why would I want to tokenize an asset, and what does that mean for me? That's a very good question. Well, first of all, you know, maybe I'm too, too deep into this industry now, but my first statement would be to say, let's stop using tokenization as a word, for example. You know, today you don't carry any more physical paper with your, your stock, uh, thanks to a company like Carta, by the way, that really pushed this market forward. But everything is dematerialized, right? So the thing that we're doing with our solutions is we bring those assets on the distributed infrastructure. So we dematerialize on the distributed infra infrastructure instead of those vertical silos that we call mainframe from banks, where when you want to transfer an asset from another bank, you need to have someone in sitting in between confirming that, yeah, have you been transferring it? Yes, okay, have you been receiving it? Yeah, okay, cool, guys, deal is done, right? And, and this is so inefficient, right? And but there was no technology that was permitting those assets to be represented and, and, and transfer, you know, in a compliant way, you know, across all those, those, those platforms. So dematerialization of assets is what's happening now. So uh, we can refer to tokenization, of course, but this is something that goes far beyond just the use cases that we've seen so far. This is going to impact the whole industry. Everything will be dematerialized, right? You know, 20 years ago, when people, you know, started to use emails, uh, ah, yeah, well, emails, you know, it's uh, you know, for techies, right? Well, look at what's happening today. I was mentioning that yesterday. Actually, we, we now have an infrastructure on the top of which we can build application. 
I asked the question yesterday, you know, are you, are you all using WhatsApp or, or Instagram? Yes, of course, everyone does. But what came first? You know, the internet or those applications? Well, the internet. So now we have the infrastructure, we can build application on the top of that. And those digital assets are dematerialized on the infrastructure. And we have companies like, like Tokeny, like Invenium and others that are building those applications to create value for those assets and for those investors. Because now it becomes much more liquid, as Frank was saying earlier, you've got these illiquid assets and now you can essentially become liquidized, yes? Correct. Now, because of the information surrounding these, these types of assets is becoming more visible, more sociable, and more trustable, right? It makes the audit process much easier, right? And there's the, also that the possibility of moving these assets from a level three to a level two asset. That has uh, liquidity properties for the asset owner, right? So if it can sit differently on the asset owner's balance sheet, you know, we can create liquidity for the asset owner themselves. Not just democratizing access to these types of investments for investors, but also create some liquidity for the asset owner themselves, right? Sebastian, you had a chance to speak earlier, and one of the things that I think is frustrating for a lot of people, you get into this space now with the KCY and whatnot, you know, I've got my DeFi accounts right, but it was frictionful, not frictionless, to get those things set up. You're trying to eliminate the friction. Tell us a little bit about how you're doing that. Yeah, so a lot of companies have these compliance officers, they're there, whole floors of them, and they need to do the same repetitive tasks, checking who you are, where are you from, what are you doing, and doing it again and again and again. This is just not only in Europe, it's in US, it's in Asia, it's everywhere. And we thought, well, this massive amount of wasted time should be, first of all, sped up and maybe even make it faster and more transparent because sometimes yeah, you still have people defrauding other people, enacting that they're somebody else. So we said, why don't you use self-sovereign identities, create them, and then integrate it into current systems. And a lot of people trying to solve the world by just using using blockchain and say, hey, this is it, and we're going to take away an SAP system, which are 100 million already invested in it, and go for a smart contract or go for an SSI solution. You need to integrate it in a current system, but be aware that the future also requires certain technologies to continue to go forward instead of going backwards. So we take care of the whole front of before we start trading. And we build for banks a whole SSI solution where the, the employee or the, the, the bank holder can get their own wallet. They can have their information in it. If they bank or you want to move to another bank, needs that information, you decide when you want to share that data. And if something happens, like he did defraud somebody, the bank or another authority can withdraw the credentials and make sure that if you want to trade, the banking or the, the regulatory gets a signal like, hey, you're not able to do it. So that's in general what we build, and yeah, from there on we worked with Factum Inc. as a, if an infrastructure moved over to Accumulate, um, helping them as well to, because of the governance uh, knowledge that we have, indirectly also helping Invenium to make sure that uh, we have a stable infrastructure where we can work all our solutions on. Last question for each of you. For me, it feels like we're still in pregame, right? Like I don't even think we're in the first inning of the, of the space. For some of you, it may seem like you're in the third inning because you've been at it a lot longer, but I'm just curious. Let's go out 36 months. And from each of you, where are we in 36 months in the space of tokenization of assets and more liquidity? I think um, the evolution is, as Daniel said, yeah, people stop talking about uh, tokenization and it just becomes the thing. You know, it's underneath the cover, nobody knows it's, it's there, and everything starts to become more efficient. With uh, probably, um, you know, the property piece is definitely moving, private markets definitely moving. But, you know, there, there's definitely a couple of years in it before, two or three years before, there's a massive difference happening. 
Sebastian? Well, I think, especially if you look at SSI or any general on blockchain, we stopped talking about blockchain for a while now. It's just the solution that's there. What's underneath, it doesn't matter. Same with you're buying an iPhone or a Samsung. You're not interested if it's a Tegra 9 M1 chip or whatever. It's basically, is it solving the problem that I have? And this is just like the internet, like Daniel already said, what Frank already said. It, we're at a point right now that people don't care anymore what's in it, just as it works and it's secure and it's safe and we can do our things, what, we're, what we want to do with it. Daniel? I think that what we were mentioning is that we need to have the proper ecosystem for this economy to grow. Uh, we were lacking a proper digital custodian, we were lacking you know, uh, issuers, and we see today, which for me is the first event where we don't talk anymore about proof of concept or what this future could be. We have real customers all together, you know, um, discussing what's next, how are we going to speed up, right? But they've already a solution in production. So that's the big difference. So, and you know that any new technology with this inertia in the beginning where we reach at a certain moment of time this tipping point, I think that we start to be in the curve where I, I really see this tipping point coming closer and closer and then there will be this big acceleration. The beauty of now being in production with customers, we can demonstrate what is the value. Because until you come to the point of being live, it's just a theoretical exercise. Now we say, okay, we bring that benefit, that benefit. And people start you know, to engage on facts. So they see where the value is. They don't have to come to the management. I have no clue. No, no, here's the value. Look, they've done that. And then the next thing is probably what's going to happen and that will drive this, this mass adoption is what I call the Kodak effect. Is you know, um, People will see like, wow, all those guys are going. So they are all running and I don't I even put my running shoes on, right? So then all people will suddenly, you know, we're getting in frenzy where, wow, we have to do it. And then we will be overwhelmed. Now, this will be a problem because it's a luxury problem. It's still a problem. I'm looking forward to have that problem. But this is really where we are now. So in three years from now, I don't think it will be yet a mass market because there is definitely, you know, an inertia to also implementing and, and getting really into production. But I think from five years from now, we will stop using acronyms. We'll see those liquidity, you know, being built. Uh, we will see also uh, more technology developments. I mean, DeFi is definitely something that will, I, I don't think people anticipate how big that will be, but this will be massive. That will really change the way we talk about liquidity, we see liquidity. Uh, Mike asked me today, you know, what is the role for those infrastructure will be disrupted. Um, so I think that we, we probably don't see yet, you know, the possibility of DeFi and what it will mean for those guys. So the disruption will not come from the fact that Oh, yeah, the infrastructure is a bit obsolete. No, the, the way people approach liquidity will be completely different and will be fully automated. And if those companies are not stepping in now to understand what is the potential of the technology, they will be conduct. <laughs> Which I was just thinking what's going to be fascinating to watch in this next 36 months, five years is how are the banks going to react? Frank, I want to give you the last word since you're with Invenium. What say you? 36 months from now, basically we've stopped what we're talking about here is the way we're talking about these applications and we're talking about how they provide value and just basically talking about that actual value that they provide. Because even now when we're going to the big institutional players, when we're talking to the Cushmans of the world and we're talking to the big foundations and pension funds of the world, you know, blockchain and they think cryptocurrency. and. We're really the underlying technology that surrounds that. So what we do is we've been really approaching the market to talk about the value that we can provide these guys, the liquidity options that we can provide those guys. And now they're really starting to listen to that. So as we move forward, that's going to be even happening more because, you know, when you're talking to people about data storage, you're not going to talk to somebody about, you know, the underlying technology that you're using for that. 
you know, you're just talking about the, uh, the value that we can provide you. And we feel the same way. And then, then like what Daniel was saying, you know, there's going to be a slow asset by asset by asset coming on in the different parts of the world. And then what's going to happen is you're going to have a network effect. The markets are going to become dematerialized, right? And everybody's going to need to come on board. And Ami was speaking about this this morning. A lot of the tools and the technology has come from the crypto side. But we really need the institutions involved to really get mass scale, right, and to create that network effect. Can I ask you one last question, each of you? Because I think you just planted the seed in my head. The theme throughout this last couple of days that surprised me, because I think DeFi, I think, hey, no regulations, right? But everyone said, hey, we need regs. We need some clarity. My question for each of you is how do you institute the regulations but also not kill the innovation in this space? So. Invenium, the way we look at it is that we're not doing like security tokens, we're not doing that primary issuance, so Invenium itself doesn't really have, you know, we want, we are compliant, we stay compliant, but we're really tokenizing things that are already considered security. And what we're doing is we're providing all that information to make the regulatory compliant issues more searchable, so the audit process is easier, you know, to help protect the investor. Perfect. We're going to leave it at that. Thank you, guys. We appreciate it. Again, this is Sound DeFi, the podcast that delivers key insights from today's thought leaders on all things DeFi, blockchain, crypto, and private market asset data.